Welcome to Gimcrack Video. How can I help you tonight? Hey, yeah, we're just uh, browsing for something a little different. Well, have you tried our forgotten classics? Is that the one over there under the sign that says Blighted by God? Oh, oh, I found something. Have you seen this before? Ah, never heard of it. Let's grab it. Enjoy your selection. <laughs> you, you, know, you know we're still here, right? Oh. So, so I guess before we get started, can can we talk about Milf Manor? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> wow, this is garbage. You actually like this? You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. With all due respect, what the fuck are you talking about? TV rocks your brain. You love to watch TV, Mike? You bet. A comic strip beauty in utter vulgarity and in, in, in complete deformities. What the fuck is this? And it's it's completely, completely strange and, and for me bizarre, but you do not avert your eyes. You do not avert your eyes. That was fantastic. <laughs> it ended up being a lot longer and a lot more than I was planning, but. <laughs> okay, so here's what I need to tell you about, about MILF Manor. So you kind of already know about what the show is. It's it's a group of, uh, there's eight ladies. They range in age from 40 to 60, and they are heading out to a Mexican villa to go meet some some younger men, right? The twist of it was already kind of spoiled and you already knew what the twist was. But so, you know, the show kind of starts off all the women kind of sizing each other and showing up and, you know, they're just like, oh, you know, oh, she thinks she's hot shit. I'm hot shit, blah, blah. None of these women are particularly likable. Um, <laughs> there might there might be one or two that's OK, but most have had a bunch of plastic surgery. Uh, there's one who's just like desperately clinging on to her youth and is probably on a bunch of prescription pills. The, I guess the kind of gist of the show is they gave everybody a cell phone and they send text messages to cell phones. And that person would have to like, if it's a message, they have to read it for everybody unless it's a personal message. So they're sitting there and they're like, Oh, we're supposed to go meet. Oh, let's go meet the men. Let's go meet the guys. And this is the, the big plot twist to this whole thing. They, they go out there and all these dudes are like lined up behind a curtain and then the curtain drops and it's all of these moms' sons that are standing there in front of them. They have eight moms and eight sons sitting there staring at them. Seven brides for seven sons. Seven brides for seven brothers. Yeah. So it's like the the the, the 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 sons are sitting there looking and they're like, wait, that that lady's like my mom's age. And then they look around like, oh wait, that's my mom. <laughs> so that in itself you know, I kind of knew that twist coming in and it was like, 
it's just going to be really kind of fucked up. But it gets worse than that. There's only eight rooms in the villa. You have eight moms and eight kids. All the moms will be sharing a room with their kid. Uh, um. Well, they're all trying to bang somebody and they have to share a room with their kid. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you heard there was like an explosion behind me in the background. <laughs> that was the sound of the dead body of Sigmund Freud coming so hard. It blew the lid off his coffin and just a fountain of undead jizz. <laughs> yep. Oh, but wait, it gets worse. So <laughs> two of the rooms are deluxe rooms with hot tubs in them. So you've got eight rooms. But only two of them are these nice deluxe special rooms. So how do you decide who gets the special rooms? Who wants to take the risk of the bacteria in the hot tub? (laughs) It's a celebrity. It's a a reality show. So, of course, you're going to do a game. And the game was called something like, um, how well do you know your son? Yeah, I know this one because this was in the the thread I sent you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to think a game is called Who Knows Their Son Best, what would you what would you think would take place? In a normal world, in a, in God, a, world. In a God-fearing world, <laughs> any, any God, you could yes. fear any, any God. <laughs> if if yes. you thought that there was extant life outside of the ethereal plane. Yes. Um, and we're afraid that divine judgment were a thing. You would think that that would just mean, oh, I know about my son's hobbies or who they are as a person. Now, mm-hmm. with some insight into this, mm-hmm. I know uh, that in fact, the producers of the show are godless heathens and not the fun-loving variety like us. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah, they they basically uh, all the sons line up and um, and they take their shirts off. And this is where it gets, I mean, it was already kind of uncomfortable, but it gets even more so here because now like a lot of these moms are like eye fucking these kids up there and the other mothers are kind of looking around and noticing which other moms are <laughs> staring at their son. Hey, hey, is the <laughs> what's the theme song for this show? Is it, is it like some generic orchestra or is it just Stacy's mom? <laughs> it should have been Stacy's mom, but no, it's some generic orchestra. Mm-hmm. So then um, they give the mothers blindfolds mm-hmm. and the mothers have to feel up on all of the guys to determine which one is their son. Feel their their arms, their abs, their chest, shoulders. They're just blindfoldedly groping eight <laughs> young men to determine which one is their son. So there's so many different levels of uncomfortableness in this. Not only is are you watching a mom feel up her son, which is just creepy in itself. You're also I mean, watching. I, we've all seen Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we're we're also watching the like the sons watching their mom feel up on all these other guys, which is uncomfortable as hell and then you've got the moms that are sitting there in the back watching this other mom feel up on their kid so there's just nothing right about this oh it's all just completely fucked up 
And one of the moms and the Republicans are just okay with this. One of the moms was upset that it wasn't reversed and having the the sons feel up on the mothers. He could have. um, I shouldn't have been drinking for that one. Um, That was a line. And she kind of like motioned towards her boobs as she said this. And I'm like, you do realize that your own son could have grabbed your boobs. Yeah, that's just <laughs> it's just it's just not right. And I only I only watched the one episode. And basically, yeah, when you know one of the mom wins and uh, two of them win. Most of them guessed their own kid. One of them uh, guessed a completely wrong kid. Um, actually, I think two of them did, but. But yeah, anyway, and then, you know, the moms are trying to hook up with these kids already and just getting cock blocked by their own sons. And they're like, nope, he's not coming in our room. He's not coming in our room. It's like, it's, it's just a horrible, horrible train wreck of a show. How much therapy do you need to, in order to process having witnessed this? Well, I think I'm going to need some after the episode they showed the trailer for, uh, which was then the the blindfolded sons massaging the mothers to figure out which one is theirs. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> How, so, who greenlit this show and was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even have a witty comeback for that. It's bad. It's it's. I mean, but I'm gonna no, watch so, it. So, is there if if you if you win if you win the challenge, do you then have to blind yourself in both eyes and wander around the countryside of Greece for the rest of your life? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, like, and like the one mom was like, "Oh, I knew my son was down here for a dating show, but I didn't <laughs> think it was the same one I was on." Like what? How the fuck wouldn't you have tried to put two and two together at that point? Like I, I'm not I, like I, I, I know I'm paranoid, but I would have been like, hey, wait a minute, what, what, what do you mean? You are also down here for a dating show. Right. We're going to the same vague area. Like we would have traveled together right. at some point. Right. Or something. Like, like there would have hey, been. Like, hey, mom, I got good news. Least. Guess what? Well, wait, son, I have news first. We we know where that's going. <laughs> and there's a Frasier episode. Yes. And actually, yeah, this whole yeah. thing is. You would you would think it, it's it's like a whole Frasier nightmare. I just don't. So, I actually i uh, i I have a better idea for the theme song. Okay, should be Princess Sexy Motherfucker. Ah, that that could work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, it was so. But I'm gonna torture myself, and I'm gonna watch another episode or two at least. So just let me know when they when they play um, spaghetti chicken and see what happens. <laughs> Lady of the Tramp music cues up. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't like. I, I just. I don't know. I don't. I, hey I don't everyone, know. welcome to Found on Film, <laughs> the movie podcast where we discuss the films of Werner Herzog on a weekly basis. You uh, must not avert your eyes. So uh, this is a, this is a podcast in which we talk about uh, the bad, the weird, and the strange, mostly in film. Sometimes mm-hmm. in the world of milfs. Sometimes the world of milfs and film um, collide. I think in the movies, isn't spanking the monkey about an edible relationship? I could be wrong. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, tonight, we are not talking about um, incest. Instead, we are talking <laughs> about the 1982, 1983, I mean, 2020 film, Grizzly 2. This was a movie. This was, well, was it? <laughs> <laughs> One begs a question. Um, you know what this is? This podcast gives us a real interesting um, opportunity to talk about thesis and antithesis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thesis being New York Ninja, antithesis being Grizzly 2. Okay, that was, you know, know, if anything, the the one positive I got out of Grizzly 2 is that I have so much more appreciation for New York Ninja. Yeah. So much more, because I see how it could go the other way. <laughs> yes. So it's not good. So have, had you heard about the film before we, before we discussed this today? Uh, you had mentioned it to me uh, once upon a while, and I had kind of forgotten what movie it was that you had mentioned the synopsis of the finishing of it to. Um, so I forgot about that part. So as I'm watching this and I see the credits go and I'm like, this this movie just came out 2020 or 2021. I was like, George Clooney and Laura Dern and Charlie Sheen. How the hell did I not know about this movie? And then I see George Clooney walk on screen. I'm like, oh, it's that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it was all downhill from there. I like uh, Laura Dern's character has a bottle, of, <laughs> a two liter bottle of Orange Crush tied <laughs> from a rope from her backpack, just swinging in the air. Yeah, yeah. Right. Been... <laughs> so for the uninitiated, before we actually get into this very briefly, Grizzly 2 is a film that is technically a sequel to Grizzly, but not really. Um, Grizzly being a 1976 uh, movie about a giant grizzly bear. It was, in fact, a Jaws ripoff. Uh, you know, like Tentacles no. or Orca or any of those motherfucking movies. Yeah, yeah, everything. Do you remember Squirm? No. With the worms? No. Do you remember Frogs? With the frogs? I don't remember Frogs. Remember Hell Comes to Frog Town, but that's about it. No, no, Frogs is a movie about killer frogs. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. And now, both of these movies don't uh, don't have giant animals. They just have photographs of frogs and worms. But <laughs> for some reason, they're killers. Yeah. Um, welcome to the world of um, low-budget monster movies. Yeah. Uh, in this case, this is about a giant grizzly bear. So some amount of money needed to be made. Uh, the production went completely off the rails, and it wasn't able to be finished in 1982, 83. So it just kind of sat around forever. And eventually a work print made its way to like bootleggers. And like people that went around the, the internet with this, this work print and it got like word of mouth following, not like a real cult, but kind of like pseudo cult. Like it, like it, there was some degree of infamy yeah, to, to the extent that you could cover the, the uh, movie online without the producer threatening legal action against you for talking bad about it. But <clears throat> separate <laughs> conversation, uh, eventually they finished the movie and they wanted to release it theatrically uh, in 2020. And then uh, something happened. What was it? Um, something happened. Something. Mo- oh, I think there were a couple of movie theaters that uh, shut down Maybe for close? a little bit. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. Mm, 
Oh, right, the global plague that we're still in. Right. Yes, yes. And so they released it to streaming instead. Uh, the trailer looks kind of cool. If, you know, you're in for a certain type of film, mm-hmm. thinking like a Troll 2 type thing or something, and you watch it, and it's, it's not that. So that's Grizzly 2. <laughs> Um, how, how how would you pitch this movie to someone who wanted to see Grizzly 2? And keep in mind, you can't just pilf, pitch Milf Manor again. Like, that's <laughs> well, I would I I would um, mislead them as much as possible. Um, just so you like are, they would do. yeah, okay. I'm I'm, I'm just um, yeah. I'm just going to be a studio whore here. Um, it just be like. Uh, See what happens when a giant 18-foot killer bear descends upon a concert in the forest, ravaging anybody who gets in his way. That's how I would sell it. You'd watch that movie, because that sounds cool. Now, when you say a giant bear is ravaging anyone who gets in his way, what (laughs) type of film are you selling? Keep in mind, I'm still watching it. I just want to (laughs) know. Are you still thinking about Milf Manor? <laughs> you know, I bring the heterosexual energy to the to the podcast. <laughs> of course. Let's talk about cougar maulings. I mean, bear maulings. What are we doing here? Um, I do have uh, a, a trailer that I found. There's a couple of different trailers. I tried to pick one that had more vocals to it. Um, if you would like to check that out to see what how they pitched it. Uh, yeah, let's, let's play the trailer. Let's All right. See which one I got here. It's here. What happened now? Grizzly killed again. Three kids this time. I don't want a cloud of fear on this concert. Now you get that, Grizzly, and get it now. This grizzly's claw marks reach 18 feet off the ground. 27 inches the rear pads, 18 inches the fore. On firm soil, three inches deep. It's very bad. You got well, the devil there. Describe this film. <laughs> Much like the film. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, there were some problems with this movie. <laughs> How long did it take you to figure out that there were problems, Dustin? Uh, I didn't even make it through the opening credits when I had that weird <laughs> slow motion scene of the hunter killing the bear. At what point did it become obvious they were using modern day stock footage to fill in the <laughs> Oh my god, so much, so much. Well, because the opening the opening sequence is compiled entirely of stock footage plus bad special blood effects. Like look like 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 the type of blood splatter 
green screen blood splatter you can just find on youtube you can just download that and just put it in your videos right now that yep. kind of blood splatter um but yeah yeah there's that um it, let me tell you folks if you see a film shot in 1982 and then another scene from uh <laughs> high definition stock footage <laughs> from a library from god knows where shot in 2018 <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a significant difference between those two things. Yeah, when it when it goes from 80s television to the 4K Blu-ray version of Planet Earth, you kind of notice a difference. You notice a change a little bit. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about why this movie is the way it is. Um, Are you familiar with mm, Money Crimes? Money crimes, financial <laughs> fraud, embezzlement, <laughs> uh, crookery. I mean, not uh, personally, robbery. yeah, but I but am like aware of such crimes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, big allegedly here. Okay. So uh, the original producer of the original Grizzly, um, he he initially. He, he wanted a Jaws ripoff, so he comes to the writer, David Sheldon, and he's like, hey, if you write me this film, you can direct it. He's like, fantastic. So he writes the movie, and then um, Montorin, I believe, uh, he hires someone else to direct anyway. All right. <laughs> right off the bat, not good stuff. Not a, not a good start for Grizzly, right? Right. So now we go to Grizzly 2. Electric Boogaloo. God, I wish. That would have been better. A dance-off to end this movie would have been better. We were close. We were close. We were real close. The bear would have needed to dance, <laughs> and they could have done it because they didn't have any uh, like reservations about using modern imagery. Uh, right. But what, uh, he, he goes to David Sheldon again in like 80, 81, 82, and it's like, hey, I want to make a sequel to Grizzly. I want you to write it. And David's like, okay, but I get to direct this time. And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but anyway before that that movie gets written but before it can actually get made um this producer disappears hmm. he also i think roughly a million dollars disappears with him oh nice and uh neither has been seen since the mid 80s <laughs> uh that's lovely now another producer steps up to want to make this film and his name is john ford proctor all right now john ford proctor um bills himself as uh, having been closely associated with uh jerry lewis in a previous cinematic venture all right Mm -hmm. uh the thing about that is uh he was in charge of he was the producer of that of this film that was going to happen um and he was in charge of all the financials mm-hmm. well he uh he ended up having to disappear with a lot of money because uh <laughs> jerry jerry's investors looked into the film and it's like hey actually stuff things not right here and when they called him on it he just disappeared like completely oh lovely for years since this is happened like 78, 79, he doesn't appear again until 82. <laughs> All right. So Montoro disappears, and then John Ford Proctor shows up. 
and Proctor is like, yeah, let's do this. Now he seeks out, now he, he's going all over town, making all these deals with different actors, making all these de deals with producers, getting money for this film. Very real money. Um, he teams up inexplicably with, uh, I don't know how this was actually uh, eventually finalized. There is a problem with this movie in that it is, uh, it is 40 years old. It is housed within story after story of hearsay. A lot of people involved with the product involved with this have you know disappeared or been incarcerated or dead or just don't really care to talk about it um so there's not a lot that you can really find on this out there although i did find a lot from an article that i'm pulling for right now from the ringer by brian rafferty from 2020 mm -hmm. um and i'm going to cite that as a source moving forward uh, because he teams up with a producer named suzanne uh, nagy and uh, she is a hungarian producer and they're going to film this movie in Hungary, I assume because of the cost. But there's an interesting thing to think about. Um, in 1982, Hungary is under the control of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Budapest, being a notoriously difficult place to get into, um, is where they choose to shoot the concert scene. Oh, okay. Uh, specifically, they shoot it uh, with the place they found to shoot it was in a national park just outside of Budapest that was in um, the control of the Soviet army. Uh, it's an army base, and so there are secret police and tanks and stuff just off screen the entire time this is getting filmed. Wow, uh, it's amazing that it even got filmed. Due uh, mainly to Suzanne Nagy's persistence, they should have they should have recorded them and then written that into the script. That would have been the best. I feel like had they pointed the cameras at it, there would have been. A... Uh, uh, we could have all been saved, though. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the script, the script, um, Sheldon and his wife, jo actress Joan McCall, they write the script. They write into the script that there should be a big concert because they thought it sounded cool. Yeah. No one thought about the fact that you'd have to make the fucking concert. Right. Uh, which they do. Uh, Suzanne Nagy uh, finds the land and organizes this giant concert for this movie. Wow. The band, The Predator, which, by the mm -hmm. way, uh, this the original title is Grizzly 2, The Predator, and the band's name was going to be a pun because the Predator was the bear, and also the band is the Predator. Uh, it's made <laughs> up of a whole bunch of, like, like it's, it's a fake band. It's made of musicians who are not used to playing to a crowd of this large, um, and they're kind of trying to fake their way through it with, uh, you know, makeup people and choreographers that came in to try and train them to act. Was, like that, the, the was that the group that looked like Voyage of the Rock Aliens? Yeah, at the very end. <laughs> yeah, okay. singing yeah, explodes. Yeah, them. Okay. Uh, there are also other real bands in here. Um, oh, yeah, there are. Uh, the British group Toto Kaleo. Yeah, that's the uh, Milk Coconut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, apparently they, were, <laughs> they got popular for a song called I Eat the Cannibals. Uh, Milk and the Coconut, I don't know. I think Kim Petras did it better. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a better song. Um this is, I feel like it's the same message. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I'm not really sure what "Milk in the Coconut" was was the message of. Uh, but oh, what oh I, you know, yes, I don't it, know. <laughs> I, 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 I think I know what they were trying to do, but. And this goes to show you why recording sound is difficult, and why recording live sound is difficult. Because I would never have guessed they were a real band. 
because um, the way they sounded while being recorded. Horrible. Now, you might be asking yourself how they got this many thousands of people there. Well, they had some real bands. You know, it was a real Mm -hmm. concert. Things like this just don't happen over in Hungary, these giant concerts. Um, And also, the headliner for the concert, which does not appear in the film, uh, is Nazareth. All right. The actual rock band Nazareth. So they just sold people on that and then they just filmed other garbage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. They filmed the whole, they filmed I, I everything that. but Nazareth. I, I All right. Okay. So uh, roughly 50,000 people was at this concert. Jeez. They, uh, from what I understand, I think they filmed this the first day because after the first day on, sh- on shooting on set, John Ford Proctor, who, by the way, has uh, hired a Hungarian director and uh, screwed Sheldon out of a directing job again. Sweet. Uh, yeah, poor Sheldon. Um, uh, uh, he, he fucks off. He, right. call, he calls Susan Nagy at the phone, says he wants to talk to her husband. The husband goes to meet him at a restaurant, says uh, there's not enough money, and then just disappears with <laughs> whatever money there was. After being there for a day. <laughs> so, well, we blew the whole budget on the concert. We're done. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Nagy says as a lot of the accounting when they got into the book seemed um, shady, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to accuse this guy of being shady. It's not like he did three years in jail in the mid nineties for stealing $7 million from someone or five <laughs> years in jail for, uh, some, some alleged, uh, financial fuckery in the mid two thousands. Uh, I'm so, sure he, a gentleman like that is on the complete up and up all the time. Mm-hmm. So he's in his seventies now he's still alive, but he, uh, yeah, he's not really involved with anything going on. Um, yeah, everyone kind of learned their lesson. Yeah, so Nagy uh, miraculously somehow uh, secures uh, funding for the film like on the spot for like 45 days. So they have 45 days to shoot the rest of this movie, which they do, or they shoot large portions of it. Mark Polonia could have got that done in three. Mark Polonia could have. If Mark Polonia had this budget, think think of what Mark Polonia could actually do with a budget this big. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> like, 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 we can make fun of the guy all he wants, but he's efficient. If he walked into the set where they had already organized the concert and everything mm-hmm. was, and everyone was here, and he had the money and the resources in front of him, yeah, this movie would have got done in two weeks. Um, and there, he, and and there wouldn't have been missing scenes. No, he would have had he would have had probably five or six movies filmed in 45 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of other stuff going on. The people who built the animatronic bears for the film, uh, they were U.S. based. But oh. the Hungarian team was the ones controlling everything. They wouldn't let them really operate their own puppets. Huh. So stuff like that leads to things like, well, we can't seem to have any scenes with the bears. Uh, there were going to be pickups and reshoots with the bears in the U.S. once they got back, but Hungarian customs seized the bears as uh, citing unpaid debts by the production company or something to that effect. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and then supposedly the warehouse the bears were being stored at burned down. Jesus. 
<laughs> if any of these things happened, who knows? But this is yeah. the story that I am reading to you from this article. Um, which, so, which, by the way, would make a far more interesting movie than the actual movie we got. Oh, the production of Grizzly too. If you could, if you could get get through the legal loopholes of depicting it, would be a fantastic film. Yeah. Anyway, that's where you're at. And then, like years later, uh, you know, it, it's gotten popularity on the internet. Um, so Nagy says she's going to try and finish it. And they do this thing where they have um, edited question mark it uh, with things that supposedly fill in the gaps. Yeah. Uh, giving us a one hour and 15 minute film, theoretically. That's the story <laughs> of Grizzly 2. Mm. All right. Um so uh, we can kind of walk through some of this movie because I do have a couple of kind of uh, questions and comments as we go along. Because right, one no, of the I don't know how 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 much more informative I can be. It's most of what is grossed up, but I will I will try my best. Oh no, we could just sit here and just shit talk it if we'd like. It's okay. It's okay on this on this film. It's okay. <laughs> so it's it was kind of billed as like George Clooney, Lord Nern, and Charlie Sheen. And they're in the movie for like three minutes. Um, so one of their earliest roles, Charlie Sheen got the, got this role and called his dad and says, "Dad, acting's fun. I want to do this." Like, okay, it's so like this is early, early. Uh, what's <laughs> wow? What's what's uncomfortable a little bit is the, uh, the is the fact Laura Dern does have a bit of a striptease thing at the beginning mm-hmm. of the film. Um, do you want to guess how old Laura Dern is in this movie? Oh God, um, nineteen. 16. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. So oh, there's boy. that. And then yeah. uh, but basically they all get super murdered within five seconds. They're, they're the sacrificial lamb at the beginning of the film. Yes. The first kill. Yeah. Uh, the which, Drew Barrymore of Scream. Yeah. If you yeah, will. Yeah. They got, they got lucky. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's like, I, I, I don't there's just but some it, weird bear attacks yeah. going on and then it's just so much random shit happening at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, almost as if there was a lot of footage shot with no way to edit it together. Yeah, pretty much. What do you think is more egregious? Um, the cutting to stock footage or the fact that they'll just cut between takes um, <laughs> rapid fire to try and create the illusion of continuity <laughs> But there's not enough there to give you the Kuleshov effect. You can't put a picture together. It's just image, image, image for just like large gaps of continuity missing. So like somebody will be running down a hill and they'll do like three different angles of him running in different places, but not show you him running down the hill. And you're supposed to like interpret that he ran down the hill or interpret that he was murdered by the bear by cutting between the bear and then him really quick. And then just like fade to black or scream. Um, for 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 professional reasons, this really tries to be insane. Oh my god, it's it's like so. There's this weird kind of subplot about um, I, I guess they're poachers. I don't know. It was like a, a ragtag group of like three or four guys that were riding around on on motorcycles in the woods. It started and, out as five, and they keep getting killed. Yeah, I guess that's. Okay. <laughs> And and then they were like, there's this scene where they go, and and I I had to I had to cut it, but I don't know if the if the audio actually does it justice. But they're essentially going from one scene of a guy talking, and then they it's exactly what you're talking about. They like cut to another scene of another guy having a conversation with him, 
but it's like at nighttime at a different place, <laughs> yeah, different, different, different place, different lighting. <laughs> and it wasn't even cut together like smooth, like a conversation. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. And it was so like shot, a shot reverse shot is supposed yeah. to take place roughly in the same time zone. <laughs> let's, let's see if, uh, let's see if the edit comes out good. Hold on. Let's, this is me not editing it. This is just how it played in the movie. Suck. You know, if that big, it'd probably bring a lot of money, don't you? Bear that big would bring hundred thousand bucks in Frisco. <laughs> My brother's dead. You're talking about money, goddamn you! Well, let's go get the bear. It's not just us. It's just, it's just the effect without the visual appeal. Yeah, it's it's hard to pull it off, but it's like I mean, this is f- maybe five different scenes, and they just splice it in to try to be one thing. It was very confusing. I had to go back and watch it like three times to figure out what the hell I was really watching. And this movie was by far, a, I mean, I never saw the first one. This is kind of a, it, oh, it's completely a habit annoying. we have here. But um, it was such a ripoff of Jaws. Like, well, so was the first one. But like, the reason we, I, I, I keep pitching sequels is 90% of them have nothing to do with the movie they're a sequel of. Yeah. They just cash <laughs> in on having a name. Troll 2 is not related to Troll. Troll <laughs> 3 is not related to Troll 2. In fact, there are two separate Troll 3s. There are two entirely different movies made by the same producer who he marketed both of them as Troll 3s. Nice. We have to pick which one we cover next year. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, 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 but yeah. So, uh, like, the basic plot of this movie is... uh, Jaws. Jaws, yeah. They're going to have a concert at Yellowstone Park that happens to be like a Woodstock type concert. To raise money for the park? Was that kind of what I noticed? Yeah, I don't (laughs) understand why and whom. Like Louise Fletcher, I think Nurse Ratchet, is running. See, there's a lot of like actual people in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he's, uh, I'm sorry, she's, she's trying to 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 organize this whole thing she's taking the role of the mayor i don't remember the name of the park ranger but there's a park ranger uh who is trying to make sure that they stop the bear problem and yes. also you mean the guy uh, that looks like a chia head yeah and then deborah yeah. raffin i believe is playing um a scientist who wants to save the bear because the the part of the movie is these poachers killed the bear's cubs. So the bear is going insane. Also the bear is a giant 18 foot tall bear. <laughs> and um, she's, she's terrorizing people as this concert goes ever nearer. And the end of the movie is chaos at said concert. Mm-hmm. Only not really. Um, yeah. Such a bummer. Yeah, well, you know, there really were there were pretty big limitations to doing anything too insane there. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there is also a special grizzly bear hunter in the film. <laughs> played by John Reese Davies. <laughs> whom you should know as coming. He's coming to this film hot off Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. All right. Um he basically said he knew it was going to be a piece of shit, but he likes to work uh, yeah. probably because he likes to eat. And then also, uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about uh, from Raiders of the Lost Ark and you don't know his name, he's in a lot of movies 
but you would probably know him most firmly as Gimli, son of Goy. See, I know him most uh, as the dude from Sliders because I watched a lot of Sliders. Oh, he was in Sliders. Yeah. Yeah, he was the uh, Professor Arturo in Sliders. He's cool. He's always good. He's always fun in whatever he's in. And this movie plays Bouchard. <laughs> yeah, he uh he's Bouchard, he's like a French Canadian lumberjack. Who is in Yellowstone for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> With uh an accent that goes between French Canadian and Native American kind of uh, He appears to be living crazy. on park grounds without being a park employee. Yeah, I think he just He's a bit of a hermit, but he's apparently a, a badass bear hunter. We find out later on that like a bear murdered his wife and kids, and he's just been a good bear hunter ever since. Yeah. <laughs> did I did I catch that right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Ooh, this movie's a lot. Yeah, he's Quint. Yes. Be sure he's, Quint. Yes. Yeah, without the really cool monologues. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does. He does have an axe. Uh, but we do get we do get cuts of uh, of the concert that are being set up. And I, I had to I, I cut out. Um, I, well, I had to clip two of the songs because they were just uh, so so good, uh, so kind, and so. <laughs> Is this the fanny pack song? Yes. Guy is wearing like an oversized jacket and the shortest shorts are over. And like the jacket and the shorts kind of combine at at a central nexus point that <laughs> is this giant fanny pack. And I've I've never seen a less enthusiastic crowd at a concert before. You can <laughs> there's like five people with their arms up and everyone else is like ugh. And and yeah, meanwhile everyone else is listening to this. I wasn't wrong. Kim did it better. And that song is shit. <laughs> Milk from the coconut is shit. Miami Connection is one thing. This is this is a real band too. This is a real song. I don't actually know if the song is that bad. I didn't I didn't play the video i know you found it i do know the recording is terrible the yes acoustics this are terrible this recording is terrible i, the, I think I, I think that that hurts the the actual band more than what the band is doing no not by much i mean <laughs> okay <laughs> the song is pretty terrible i, I was recording I, well. I was trying to be less of a bitch but <laughs> no you bitch away please so and then we get like I mean it's it's basically we're getting we're getting these cuts back and forth obviously because they're trying to fill space you get like these weird shots of uh, of different crowds but it's not always the same crowd they, you could tell they've they're spliced in completely different yeah. footage just like you know, at one point it's an entirely Asian crowd like everybody in the audience is Asian and the next shot not a single asian person in there in the entire field of view that you could see it's like okay and and then at one point they have they have this band which was new footage 
I don't know if this was, I don't know who this was, but I did find their music video and this was actually from their music video, but it's like shot up close to try to make them look like they're on stage, but they're really just like in a garage somewhere. (laughs) It is the weirdest thing ever. I don't, I don't get it. Why? Why, Patrick? I want answers. Why? (sighs) And, and we kind of, we kind of skipped over the, well, we mentioned it, the, I, I timed it. There was there was this one part where they had a bunch of like nature scene clips that in that looked like it was straight from Planet Earth documentary. It was two minutes long. Yeah, it felt like an hour, but it was it was literally two minutes long. And I'm going, wait, well, this movie isn't... feels like it takes forever. When I picked it, I'm like, oh, it's an hour and 10 minutes. We'll be done. And, and I'm like, oh, we got to be getting close. And I pause it. And it's like the 30 minute mark. I'm like, yes. oh, my God, <laughs> why am I still watching this? I was, uh, it was, um, you know, I just, I miss Dragon Sound so goddamn much. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch, uh, you know what? Again. I'm going to watch Miami Connection and New York Ninja at the same time. So New York Ninja is great because it's <laughs> it's how you restore film properly. They're, they don't right. insert any new footage. They, no. They, they are just trying to work with what they have and trying to create a narrative from what's been given to them. And they don't even have a script in that movie. They don't even have the original dialogue. They have to come up with everything from scratch and still stay true to the film without without creating new assets of in terms of footage. Mm-hmm. With the exception of they do use an explosion from a different movie at the very end. Yeah. But it is from a different period appropriate movie, not stock footage. Yeah, they had to they had to do something there. But yeah, it looked, it felt the time, so it was okay. This um, movie. Yeah. And and I mean, it had it, I would have loved, loved, loved to have seen the bear just going through this concert, just tearing people up. It would have been great. God. Um, that's not what we got. No, so I guess we could just talk about. It. So basically, the rest of the movie is the ranger and the scientist and Bouchard try to track the bear down while the poachers slowly get eaten. Um, and also, they lose a couple ranchers along the way. It's no big deal. And also, <laughs> on an unrelated plot point, the ranger's teenage daughter has a love affair with a with one of the synth pop guys. <laughs> well. He's just like, you're just, you know, it's all just a joke and a game to me. He's like, am I a joke and a game to you? And he looks mm-hmm. at her. What he says is, yeah, but my, but he's just so British. I was like, quite frankly, my dear, you're more of a jeep. A jest, <laughs> really. But and that's that's all, that's it. That's the end of that story. They don't re- resolve it after that. But we yeah. did have to listen, sit through it. Um, yes. And anyway, everything converges on the concert at the end. And, we and I'm to- sorry, at one point, is the bear lighting off Roman candle fireworks? Yeah, so at the very, towards the very <laughs> end, the bear gets into the fireworks somehow and ignites them and the fireworks display starts early. Mm-hmm. Because they all, actually, technically, they all catch fire and explode. Having lived in the year 2020... We and having had the internet, we have seen what fireworks factories look like when they blow up, and it's not that. No, but the bear is rampaging to the stage, but from the back, so from backstage, so no one in the concert can sit, tell what's going on. Everything's happening backstage. Everyone's fighting the bear. Yeah, the one dude hops on like a forklift at and one that's point. That's what I was getting to. The ranger hops on a forklift. <laughs> the ra- okay, the ranger hops on a forklift that is got. <laughs> 
like 12 foot, like five or six 12 foot poles already on the forks. Also, <laughs> the forks are lifted all the way up. Basic forklift safety people, if you're not in the forklift, lace the forks down. Yes. You don't always. want an accident here. Right. Now, ha- having operated forklifts uh, for a large portion of my life, I will say uh, they don't go fast enough that I would consider charging a bear with them. No, no. I especially would not consider charging a bear with the forks still raised in the full upright position. <laughs> I would lower those forks down to use them as like a spear or something. Uh, but no, they're all the way up here, where, by the, which would, again would make the forklift top heavy, which is a plot point because the bear just slams into the, the forklift and knocks over. Yep. Yeah, not the best plan. Um, the Bouchard tries to fight the bear with an axe, and the bear picks him up and throws him into a pipe and impales him. Yeah, that was a cool scene. It was cool. Um, He crucified Bouchard instead of like bear killing him, which is interesting. And the ranger lures the bear up on stage to a high voltage area. (laughs) Okay. And here's where the editing (laughs) chef's kiss. Um, The bear is going to try and bite the ranger. We are meant to see the bear gets electrocuted. This, you will notice, is the ending to Jaws 2. So they're at least diversifying what they're uh, ripping off. Because like at the end of Jaws 2, Brody holds up the power line and the shark charges through the power line. I don't know if you remember Jaws 2. Yeah, but, but I mean, a movie ripping off a movie, but then the sequel is ripping off the sequel. Yeah. So. so right? <laughs> um, but what happens is uh, they don't have enough footage for this. So you get like quick cuts of like, the, like the, the what what exists of the bear animatronic that you can see then to him bear animatronic him move movement is happening but you can't tell these cuts are like a second at most these are frame cuts mm-hmm. like these are it's f- terrible fast and then we're meant to imply that like i think his mouth moves at some point to try and imply that he got bitten and then there's like a flash and like oh i guess he got electrocuted and then it cuts to a shot of the bear having already smashed through the stage we were supposed to see that the bear had like had a grand ending of smashing through the stage and it would have been cool to see but that has already happened in like a flash fade to black during this frenzy of cuts yeah we just get the aftermath and we get the aftermath which is like this weird bear puppet just kind of like hanging from the back of the stage and then the senator Parkhead Louise Fel- Fletcher. I almost said Felcher. Um, <laughs> Louise Fletcher playing Eileen Dragon. Dragon's guests, whom I assume are Reaganera GOP, um, are like, is this supposed to happen? And she's like, yeah, of course. And then roll credits. <laughs> and that's Grizzly 2. Um, I was like, wait, what? Just ended? That's it? We're done? You know, I might have made a mistake with this one, Dustin. <laughs> well, we all make mistakes. I made a few mistakes here uh, this season alone. <laughs> uh, well, you, 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 you could debate to what extent those are mistakes because you are trying to torture me. Well, okay. But I have to, I have to watch them too. That's the part I always forget about. <laughs> it's that I need to sit through it as well, and it's pretty bad. Yeah, wait till we get to Replicator. Oh, God. Oh, that's your next pick, isn't it? Oh boy, I'm, I'm, I don't do know, know if what, I'm ready for that. Do you know what transformation porn is? <laughs> Does it have anything to do with 
with Optimus Prime? Or am I thinking of a different transformational porn? You definitely are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just making sure. They don't call him Megatron for nothing. <laughs> okay. So uh, what are your questions? Oh, my God. Why? 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 Uh, money? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, Hubris? I, I mean, there's, there's just so, like... I, I I liked that end of the bear on the stage. Like that as a shot was cool. Um, how they actually implemented it was not cool. <laughs> like all of a sudden it's just there. Well, that's, that's the real problem with this movie is um, you would normally see some degree of like, like implementation on screen, but there's not. And they're just the poor guys trying to edit this movie. are just trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, you just kind of look at this, and <laughs> you're like, uh, it's it's like you were, it's like if you've ever bought a puzzle from Goodwill, <laughs> you just you just know it's never going to be completed the way it's supposed to be, and there might be some weird random pieces from a different puzzle in that that just don't make any sense. That is the problem. Ultimately, this is not this is an incomplete film. Yeah, although if it had been completed, I don't think it would have been that good. No, it wouldn't have been a good movie at all. And it was probably in the interest of all of the actors involved that were big names or would one day become big names that it was not. Yeah, because, I mean, who knows where they were going to take it with uh, George Clooney. <laughs> um, I see three editors' names attached, but I can't click them because IMDb is useless anymore. Oh, um, yeah. You, ha- you, have to, you have to pay for premium now. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Just to see who edits shit. Yeah, it's... What are you? What are you doing, IMDb? What the hell are you doing? Ah, nothing's useful anymore. The web is broken. Yeah, you just—they're nickel and diamond on everything here. I'm gonna have to pay an extra five cents for uh, each character I want to type in Twitter now. I think this is the new rule. I don't know. Yeah, uh, this episode's coming out in a few months, so uh, let's just take speculations on what's gonna be. Uh, well, my speculation is that the Twitter offices will have spontaneously combusted by then. <laughs> uh, that not, not, okay. not due to any malice, just raw stupidity. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to screw something up. And uh, yeah, that'll be it. Just, he's just going around <sighs> just unplugging things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, eh, let's see. No, nothing broke, we're fine. <laughs> now there's a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're living it. All right, so... Uh, um, oh, yeah. I can't... In a way, I brought you here to offer you a job. You think you can do it better, so here's your chance. Yeah, well, why don't we just yeah. do that? Yeah. I was, I was going to say, let's talk about themes, but I, what are we doing here, man? A, a like, theme of what? Of... I don't know arcs. I don't know themes. I don't know... I don't know there, nothing from this one, man. No, there was there's really nothing to gain, uh, except for the, uh, some of those songs. Uh. This is exceptionally <laughs> interesting from a how to make a movie perspective. Hmm. Uh, or, or how not to make a movie. I personally have always learned more from watching people do things incorrectly than correctly. Well, oh yeah. Both comparison, right? Comparison, mm-hmm. like oh yes, yes, yes. And that's not what's just like art. That's with basically anything in life. If you can find a good example and a bad example and see what the differences are. Right. Like this movie was not, 
like the shot composition that's there is okay. It's it's there are building blocks here that you would have been able to deliver a serviceable horror movie. Yeah, there there just wasn't enough time or money to do that. Yeah, it would have been a movie on like 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 Parasite that we watched. Not a great movie. It's just a movie, and there was some cool stuff. But overall, it was just eh. and that would have been this movie. It, it would have been okay. It would have been fine. It would have been filed, filed away in the same book of references. When I get to the end, I'm like, all right. Have you heard of Squirm? Have you heard of Frogs? Have you heard of Grizzly too? Yes, um, but no, we are left with. I mean, it, it's kind of had the unfortunate of being released right around the same time as New York Ninja. No, nope, two years before. Two years before New York Ninja. Okay. 2020, right? Because New York Ninja is in 2020. No, New York Ninja is at the end of 2021. I got to do Christmas presents. Like, okay. So it came out in November that year, I think. So like, uh, you know, about a year apart. Year. Yeah. About a yeah. year apart. Um, but that's, that's a, I mean, New York Ninja did it the right way in every sense of the way. Like, yeah, there, there was a lot of love put into that. I feel like I feel again. This is this is this is supposition on my part. This is not accurate, right? But it feels as if they were just ready to be done with the Grizzly Two thing. Mm-hmm. Like it had been going on for forty years, and like we just <laughs> we just we just needed to stop. Which I get. I have been involved with projects, and I'm like, I just need this to be over now. Yeah, you would think at least with some of that nature, like some of the newer footage, you would try to like age it a little, throw in some filters, make it look kind of older, like, you know, drop it down to <laughs> 360p or something. You can do that thing. You can change the aspect ratio. You could uh, you could add filters. You could add masks. You could add coloration. You could wash it the fuck out. You could make it look. Be- yes. It, it, it will be an, it will be, it will be it will still be obvious that it was shot on HD cameras, right? But it would be aged at least, which is my problem with Paranormal Activity 3. Okay, fuck this movie. So Paranormal Activity 3 is a movie that takes place in the 80s, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I have to say this. This I have not watched it yet. I don't know. What are we talking about? Paranormal Activity, the successful film franchise. (laughs) <laughs> the first one is uh douchebag films the films the spirit haunting his wife for like 90 minutes and gets them off guilt okay mm-hmm. it has the biggest problem with any found footage movie and that is the, it's at some point the person holding the camera is an asshole he is an asshole immediately all right all right okay movie got some pretty good stuff in it difficult to like justify narratively second one they use security cameras in place of, a, of an asshole, so it makes more sense. But it is essentially just the second movie. It's the same movie again, but it's about her sister now. Okay. Okay. Immediately after her disappearance, her sister is then disappeared by the same demon. All right. I'm going to spoil them all for you, but this is... I only saw out. the first one. I didn't care about the rest of them, so spoil away. Okay. Well, the this, this movie came out um, 12 years ago, so if you haven't seen it yet, that is on you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Paranormal Activity 3 is a prequel to the to both of the Paranormal Activity films. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So um, it's a prequel that takes place in the 80s. They okay. use 80s period cameras. They have 80s period everything. Problem is, the movie is very clearly shot on HD cameras in an HD format mm. in HD resolution. Right. 
Um, and they're like in the in the image aspect ratio of like sixteen nine. The movie should have been done on four three, mm-hmm. and they should have made it look like shit. Yeah. Now I understand why they couldn't do that. You couldn't you couldn't release that movie to the movie going public and expect it to make money. But it does yeah. piss me. It does piss me off because they're like the whole point of these movies is immersion, and you made a prequel where immersion is impossible. Yeah, that's that's always a a, a big problem. Like it's so. You, I mean, if you're gonna go for it's the cameras of the day, you've got to go for the cameras of the day. I mean, if you want a lesson in immersion, Milf Manor is really immersing you. It's <laughs> serious fucking shit. Well, it's it's like I told you. I was watching I was watching the movie Nope, and, and you one thought of the, yes. One of, <laughs> yeah. early, one of the earlier scenes in there, they went into a electronic fries, which first of all is no longer open, so that right away. But I'm like, eh, it was filmed a little while ago. But everything in this fries was fully stocked, and that completely took me out of the movie. Because if you've ever been to a fries in the past decade or so before they closed you'd know that they barely had any inventory of anything except for as found on tv bullshit grizzly 2 the electronic fries story it's into a circuit city near you and if you were going and if you were going to fix fries by changing three and only three things i mean grizzly 2 um what would they oh, be yeah. okay um first i would just uh, does it does it count if I say I would just lock it in a vault, never open it again? Perfect. We're done. Okay. Good night. What, 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 what would the second, what did two other things be? Setting up guards around the vault and setting up a booby trap pedestal that will drop a boulder down on Indiana Jones' ass when he comes to try and return to, to a museum. Which, by the way, it doesn't belong in a museum, Indy. No. Anyway. <laughs> um... Okay, so let's see. I would, um, I would. Well, all right. Let's 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 take it for real. So yeah, that would be one. But I would I would remove the um, uh, like the two minutes of nature documentary in the middle of the movie. This is a good one. Let's let's let's. How would you fix the movie that, that from the footage that exists? Oh God, yeah. I would. Uh, Which I would. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, I would remove the the the. the either the nature documentary or kind of agent. In fact, that's one and two. I would, any newer footage, get rid of it. Just stick to the original footage as much as possible. If, um, you, if you were really going to do it, could you maybe get a appropriate period cameras and shoot on tape? I'm sure. Yeah. That, that might, that might would help with the whole stock footage. Thing. Don't be wrong. That's pricier, but it would help with the whole stock footage. thing. Right. Right. Um, uh, I would say the third thing, I would release a soundtrack to this so I can buy it and torture people with the soundtrack. You could probably I think that would help. One together. Oh, yeah, I did or, find a couple of the, yeah, couple like of songs. No, no, one, no one buys vinyl just to torture their friends. Dustin, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, well, I'm looking at a vinyl over here on my shelf. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And Merry Christmas. It's right next to the DVD of uh, <laughs> the same piece of shit. <laughs> where, where would you have gotten the DVD? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God damn it. So, so yeah, that was that. That, that was Grizzly 2. Um, 
not not one of my favorite films. Not one that I will probably uh, go back and watch uh, again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a reason to. It's not even good enough to torture somebody with. It's just. Well, it's, it's, it's the problem that a lot of bad movies face is it is not truly bad enough to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the so bad. It's good. It's just bad. Mm-hmm. And no, I, don't get me I, wrong. I, I had hopes after watching the first two minutes. When I yeah. text you, when I text you, I'm two minutes in and it's amazing. It was specifically all stock footage. And at the two minute mark, they have the fake blood splatter when they kill the stock footage bear. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, and it, was it turns out I just like stock footage I guess I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well like half of the movie is stock footage so you think they, they, they have to have more stuff filmed I don't or maybe so. maybe they could have just taken taken clips from Grizzly 1 and just repurposed it God, you'd have to have the rights to Grizzly 1 oh they probably don't know yeah <laughs> Jesus it's all bad just just make new movies. Um, just... Well, if, if you if you wondered why the Evil Dead 2 retells the entire story of the Evil Dead 1 in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because they had the rights to make a sequel to the Evil Dead, but they didn't have rights to use footage and references from the first movie. Hmm. So they're like, ah, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> and then that begins the series long tradition of retelling uh, the previous film in a way in which it didn't happen. Yeah. During the next installment. <laughs> well, whatever works. Oh, God. Um, yeah, interestingly enough, and not related to any of this stuff I just saw uh, today, um, you showed me a, a, a clip of uh, the back rooms, I think it was called. Oh, yeah. The guy's getting, getting a movie. Yeah, they're going to give him a movie. He's like 17 and he's going to be able to direct it on his summer break. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, right? Yeah. It got, it got some weird haters immediately because, like, he didn't come up with the idea of the backrooms, but, like, it's it's nebulous. Like, the internet has created the backrooms, right? Right. Like, he, he created this incarnation, and he's really good at what he's doing, and I think it's fun. I think it's oh, awesome yeah. to get, to give him the shot. And, like, you, you know, just just give, just give people a shot at some indie films. Right. Sometimes we might get something good. Like, you never know. Better than just rehashing the same old thing over and over and over and over and over Look, again. I just, I'm, I'm tired of cinematic universes. Give me one-offs. <laughs> uh, it, it gets to be exhausting when you're like, crap, what happened in this other thing? I need to remember what happened in this because I need to watch this thing. And That's it. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say about Grizzly 2, Milf Manor, or Corn Cob TV? Uh, no, I am more excited about watching, uh, more episodes of MILF Manor than I am watching, uh, Grizzly 2 ever again. So, um, so that happens. I think, I think, um, you need to pick a trash TV to talk about next week. God, or the week too after, bad. depending. Too bad, too bad we're so far removed from Don't Fuck Island. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm sure Netflix is going to come out with something else, uh, some other equal trash here soon. They Besides were really on par with password. trash for a minute there. there was, oh, they had there some was, great there trash. Was, there, was, there was Island of the Horny Influencers, and then there was the the weird furry bait show. Um, <laughs> yep. Which was exhausting. Because mm-hmm. like, the premise was like, what if you couldn't see what the person you were attracted to looks like? 
would you still be attracted to them? But then they hired like quote unquote conventionally attractive people. So yeah. Like, so like when they take off their mask, you're like, well, they're hot, right? right? <laughs> like it, it destroys the whole purpose of the idea of the show. Yeah, it was just really, uh, really dumb. Yeah. Um, now, but yeah. Now, now, when they combine that with the new MILF show and release Yif Matter. <laughs> so this has been found on shelf. We uh, oh, join us every my. other week right here on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, if you get a chance, please review, uh, because if you do leave a review, it does help the algorithm quite a bit. And we would appreciate that. Uh, if you have any ideas for movies, you can always reach out to us on found on shelf pod, all one word on, um, well on Instagram and, uh, on Gmail and anywhere social media is found. I, I usually Twitter, but we record this about yeah, three to four months out and I, uh, you know, the bird site may not exist. We'll find out. But as long as the bird site exists, yeah. you can find found on shelf there. Uh, any party words tonight? Oh, I was just thinking we should open a like a Discord server. I just thought about that. We're gonna just we're just gonna whore ourselves out to everything. Um, oh, that's my no. final thoughts. We're gonna whore ourselves out to I everything. Can't, I can't do the Discord thing, man. I can't do Every, it. Everything possible. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, catch us on our on our MySpace page. Uh, leave a leave a review. We'll put you in our top eight. Um, on Farmers what? Only, you can find Found on Shelf Pod <laughs> Farmers Only. You don't have to be lonely at Farmers Only. Oh, my com. God. Good, uh, good night. I'm leaving on that. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, wait. No, I'm leaving on this. I've been debating if we should do a Christian movie this year, and I've been going back and forth between uh, between a couple choices. And I'm thinking, I've been thinking, "Riot" by Carmen, um, because I just want to share the pain. But it occurs to me that there is a Christian mingle movie. Oh God, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, look at the trailer for Christian. Mingle. Oh boy, hold on. Oh my God, it's just—is it literally just called Christian? Oh, it's called Christian mingle. Uh-huh. Morgan Fairchild in it. Oh, mm-hmm. Corbin Burnson, really? All right. I think the girl from Lost in Space, the remake, is in it. Oh, God, that's just. I'm like ninety percent for sure. That's what true. is her name? Lacey Lacey Chabert. Oh God, I just watched like two seconds of that trailer, and I just want nothing to do with that. Well, okay. <laughs> the trailer. The trailers. Is, is she was she was the woman who had it all except the only thing that matters a man oh, and then she God. like it's like signs into christian mingle for <laughs> some reason because they're trying they're trying to sell the brand right because like mm-hmm. like this company owned a whole bunch and then the company owns jdate on christian mingle owns this owns that and so they were trying to launch like like a successive series of like social media promoting things. This was their first venture into it. It crashed and failed horribly. So I don't think they did anything else. But they did, it should. Yeah. You know. So the premise here is, well, she's, she's not really a Christian, but she tries Christian mingle. She meets this dude and she's like, well, 
and she's she's like finding out about Jesus. Like she's like, who's like who's like, like who's this Jesus person? And I'm like the gate is the same. Um, um,